the Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus, the new BCS. Actually, this is the last BCS. That's Brett, Colin, Stuckey. We are here to talk end of the regular season. Conference championship weekend coming up. An unstructured look at college football. And it's true. I don't think we have a script. We have anything to talk about because where would we start? All these firings, all these portal, and we're not even close. I mean, maybe Brett can handicap me here, but I don't think we're even close to the amount of coaching movement and player movement that we're about to go through from now until the portal opens up next Tuesday. Brett, where do you want to start with, with uh, how, how's your phone battery these days? Is it below 10%? Yeah, it's totally dead. Um, this, I remember today, last year, except last year, it happened the Monday after the conference championship game. So if, with the portal now being even bigger, basically today has been nonstop 24 hours coaches hirings firings you know the transfer portal it's crazy right now we've got 12 current openings as we're taping this five spots have been filled most recent auburn so yeah i think we'll probably after more movements to fill the current openings we'll probably get close to maybe 30 new uh, fbs coaches going into next year and don't forget that Texas A&M has fired their offensive coordinator. I don't know if we're going to see a new brand of football. I, I thought Daryl Dickey was doing exactly what uh, Jimbo wanted. Uh, we'll see there. Um, Stucky, you got any takeaways from the coaching carousel? Hugh Freeze was hired just to beat Alabama because he's done it before, right? Yeah. I, I Look, I think that there's – I'll evaluate next year next year, but I do think it's going to cause some, like, corpses in bowl season. For example, here's well, here's a two-sided one. I do think it's a good fit with Fickle going to Wisconsin, but I do have some questions. Why he started to lose recruits lately, but Wisconsin, the Wisconsin players wanted to keep Jim Leonard. And what's the rumor now? They're going to play Oklahoma in a bowl game. So that's what it might look like. I don't know, but Brett hasn't confirmed that yet. But I talk about two corpses. But I'm not sure if Wisconsin wants to be at the bowl with Leonard, or you know, I guess Leonard's going to coach it. Maybe they just it's like one last hurrah. But since he, I mean, since he went from maybe playing the AAC championship last year, this team's in the college football playoff. I, I don't, Brett, I don't know where you haven't projected your latest uh, projections, but some of these teams, uh, I think it creates just uh, potential corp scenarios, especially for a team like Cincinnati, where you lose to Tulane down the air, you don't get the host AAC championship, go from college ball playoff to what, the fucking banana bowl? And, and their quarterback, right? I mean, uh, right, Ben Bryant's done. Evan Prater yeah. is the man for the, for, the, for the bowl game. I mean – there's uh, we're going to get a piece together on action network at the end of this week after conference championships. Uh, I'd be looking for it Sunday morning before bowls pop. And it's, uh, you know, it's a buy sell hold. It's like what Stucky does with his Mac manifesto. And it's, there are teams that are going to be absolute sells in the market, Cincinnati. Uh, and there's going to be teams that are absolute buys in the market. At least Stucky and I are buying UConn immediately off the bat. So uh, 
you know, anywhere you guys want to go with this, because there's just so much going on, like from the portal and from, from coaching perspectives, Brett, let me, let me pivot off to Brett. Brett, do you, are you surprised by the Luke fickle move now and not after the college football playoff last year? You know, not really, because, you know, I think Wisconsin was happy with Paul Chris last year. You know, a lot of people have kind of designated that fickle would end up somewhere in the big 10. Obviously he was at Ohio state, maybe there, uh, you know, maybe Ohio State fans want Fickle now after what happened with Ryan Day Saturday. But um, no, I wasn't surprised. I mean, real quick on a couple of coaches, uh, you know, man, Matt Campbell, he, he has gone from the guy that was the guy that you want to hire at your program to what in the world's happened the past two years. And I'm not saying that makes him a bad coach, but certainly on the field, I know, Stuck, you reference his number as a double-digit uh, dog as a coach, but, man, win-loss record has really suffered. And then another thing, I wanted to ask you guys your opinion because I'm kind of mixed on it. I mean, this is this is out there. It's pretty public. It's well-known. Willie Fritz is coaching in the AAC title game for Tulane. Jamie Chadwell is coaching in the Sunbelt title game with Coastal Carolina. Both coaches are, you know, under consideration for other jobs. You know, I wonder how that impacts their team. Certainly, it did not work well for Liberty against New Mexico State. I don't know if we'll have the level of quit that we saw from Liberty against New Mexico State, but I just wonder how that impacts those teams. I would guess it probably would impact Tulane less than Coastal because they've got a chance to win and go to the Cotton Bowl. But I don't know if you guys agree with that or think it's the opposite. To me, it's important if Hugh Freeze is going to coach Liberty in the bowl game because he's six and one against the spread in postseason games. And I know they're doing a, I mean, without him, no. And it's even Sam Pittman said this year that Hugh Freeze is the best game prep coach in all of college football. But now they've lost Day Day Hunter. They're still rotating four guys at quarterback. And, and they just lost 48 14 to New Mexico State, which is a good And sign. the crowd was ch- chanting Hugh Afiri's off the field saying, you know, take the job, take the job, take the job. Like, I mean, Liberty is just going to be one of those corpses that Stucky mentioned, in my opinion. Yeah, they they look like a corpse. And by, for whatever, whatever it's worth, Luke Fickle, this was just a half hour ago, a quote from him. I sat down with Jim yesterday for a good while, and we're trying to kind of map out how this whole thing will look. I'll be coaching in some way, shape, or form. So I, I don't – I think that's actually bad for this year's team um, who wanted Leonard uh, to be coaching, which is usually the interim coach doesn't – I mean, the new coach doesn't come in and coach the bowl, right? That's, that seems weird to me. But um, – yeah, it's on a case by case basis, I think. But uh yeah, I would agree. Liberty's on the 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 corpse list. And uh yeah, Kyle mentioned all that buy, sell, hold thing. We I'll also have the running doc that my editors will help me with of just lists of who's opting out. Like we saw Theo Weiss for Oklahoma is done, Love It for Missouri is done. Um, like Swen, the running back for Wyoming, got kicked off the team tonight. So it's already starting. That'll be a running list that I, uh, I'll keep updating with the help of everyone on the team um, on it because it's just a it's a nonstop news flow. As soon as uh, starting now um, through every single bowl, including the day of when because you're gonna have some teams that just keep it quiet and uh, some teams where it leaks. But um, before we get you know conference championships, I look for. The college football playoff, I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts on this because I keep, for whatever reason, 538 thinks Kansas State has a 51% chance to get in, <laughs> which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. If uh, 
TCU wins, if TCU loses and USC loses, they think Kansas State has a better than 50% chance of getting in with three losses. Oh, they lost their minds. Anyway, um, I keep thinking now that I that maybe, and this is how it should be, I think, and I think it might end up playing out this way. I think that none of the games matter this this weekend. Like, I, I don't think it, because I think Michigan and Georgia are in, and I don't think that USC should be penalized. Like, if they're in now, they shouldn't be penalized for losing to Utah. I mean, like compared to, like, who, Oklahoma? I mean, Ohio State or Alabama who aren't playing a game. And then the same with TCU. Like, they're, they're going to be penalized for playing this Kansas State team that, that obviously is a really good team, and they're just trending up. I, I don't think that, you know, if there was another really strong candidate right below them that won a conference championship, I could see it. But I don't know. I don't think that, you know, unless they just get lose by like 60, I, I don't I don't think that TCU or – this is why I hate the 14 playoff for this weekend specifically, but TCU or USC should necessarily fall out for losing to a good team if the alternative is Ohio State or Alabama who are just sitting at home. I know it's happened like that before, but I'm curious to get your thoughts on which of these games do you think matters, and who do you who do you think is if they lose, they're out no matter what. Colin, I'll start with you. I think if USC loses, they're out no matter what. And the committee, I mean, Brett can correct me if I'm wrong. The committee is going to focus on that one loss versus two losses. They've never taken a two loss team over a one loss. We've had some scenarios in the past. So you don't uh, think they're going to take a three loss Kansas State? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and claim I'm 538 or ESPN FPI that comes up with these numbers that are so far off what odds makers are posting. Uh, but if Iowa State gets in, I just want to puke. I want to throw up. Iowa State, yeah, Iowa State better not get in. Ohio State, uh, if they get in. But, uh, I mean, that looks like the path, right? If TCU or USC drop. Uh, and, by the way, TCU is like – they have a, a great strength of record. They're, I, I don't see yeah. why they should drop, but they won't be a conference champion – and they put so much emphasis on this conference championship stuff. I'm afraid Ohio State is going to slot right in the number five here coming up in the college football playoff ranking on Tuesday night. And then if one of those two teams, uh, three and four slip, they're going to slide them in. And that's just great for TV, great for brand names and blue bloods. But it, it's not great for, you know, it's not great for competitiveness, in my opinion. Getting Allowing Georgia and Brock Bowers to go against this defense that refused to change midstream against Michigan. That's not good for me, but uh, I think that's what's going to happen. What do you think, Brett? And I've been, I've been yelling against T- about TCU and USC all year, and I mean USC's been really lucky. Uh, yeah. But look, they've won their games, and I, if I was on the committee, if they're both competitive this week, I would keep them in. Brett, what do you what say you? You know, the thing is, we can sit here and talk for hours about what we think, but it's uh, it's obvious it just boils down to these people's opinions: what's right or what's not right. I mean, if I was on the committee now, you look at those four schools and say, okay, these are my top four schools. So is one loss going to drop them below Ohio State? Is one loss going to drop them below Alabama? I would say no. I don't like, I agree with you, Stuck. I don't think these games matter. Now, TCU cannot lose 55 to three to Kansas State. USC cannot lose, you know, 63 to 14 to Utah. Yep. If they're if they're reasonably the competitive, would be too bad. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying a last second field goal or anything. If they're just competitive games, I think you got to keep them in there. Ohio State was over a touchdown favorite at home and got blown out by Michigan. Okay, Bama lost two games on the road last play of the game. Whether they deserve to be in or not, 
at least they were competitive in their losses. I can't see Ohio State getting in by losing at home to Michigan when you only have two wins against top 25 teams, Notre Dame and Penn State. By the way, the USC team that you hope to jump just beat Notre Dame a lot more than you beat them, or at least as as much. Um, yeah, Stuck, I agree with you. I don't think I don't think you drop them out. Maybe you shuffle the the seedings a little bit. I don't see what they have to play for. I really don't. They're gonna spin it, you know, like they do because it's a TV show and say, well, all this intrigue and all this. I'm not buying it. And um, they they do value conference championships, but you know what? If TCU loses, if USC loses, they'll have as many conference championships this year as Ohio State and Alabama. So why would you drop them down because they lost an extra game that those other schools weren't good enough to play in? Yep, no, I, I agree. I, and it's my biggest argument for expansion is I don't, I don't. You could argue about like what? All right, this is more meaningful. This isn't. This weekend in expansion would be electric. And when you don't have, when you only have four teams, you can get weekends like this where it's like the SEC championship means nothing. The Big Ten championship means nothing. And we're saying like these other ones might not mean anything. And like, you know, it's, uh, and then, then you got to wait a month for more meaningful games and we don't even have this weekend. So uh, I don't know. I digress. We'll see how it plays out. Like you said, it's the subjective opinion. I do think optics matter though. So a blowout lost by either, I think they are, they would be done. And, and once we get to 12 teams, maybe it'll curb some of this. I'm going to go ahead and call it a season, right? Like we got Tavian Thomas already declared for the NFL draft and sitting out for Utah. He didn't even know his team was going to make the conference championship game. Uh, we got Hendon Hooker. I know there's an injury there, but I mean, there are going to be quarterbacks. And I'm really wondering about Bryce Young and CJ Stroud after this weekend. Like, do they make the announcement that they're done and they're starting their NFL careers? But if there's still a playoff and there's 12 teams, is that – can that curb a little bit of this, you know, mass exodus of college football like a couple of weeks before Christmas? That would be uh, that would be good for the game. It'd be good for the product. It'd be good for TV viewing. Yeah, and Stop you will have teams like Ohio State and Michigan, who, by the way, the, the combined record of the teams Michigan has beat this year is like 45 and 60. You, But they played it right, right? Like they're going to the college football playoff. But in a 12-team, you know, expanded field, you have more teams that will go out and schedule – better non-conference matchups. We'll get better matchups early in the season. Like we don't, we don't have to see Michigan play little sisters of the poor for a month straight because a loss isn't completely devastating to like, you know, their, their playoff chances. Okay. So, uh, you know, we think the college football playoff is essentially win and you're in. If USC and TCU trip up, there is an avenue to get Ohio state in there. And then the playoff committee has got to do their best sell job to everybody else about why Ohio state belongs in there. I mean, it's the same rule why they didn't let him in when Iowa pounded him or Purdue pounded him. I mean, it was an embarrassing loss, and that's just a that's just a byline. I mean, that's a that's a rule uh, of, of the college football playoff. You get an embarrassing loss like that, you're not allowed to get in. So, um, we'll see what happens there. All right, before we continue, as a reminder, the Big Bets on Campus podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. So, kick off the new pro football season with the king of sports books. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code Action Two Hundred. And your first wager is risk-free, up to $1,000. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, 
New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 years or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York, call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789 or 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states were prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Before we hop into a special stumper segment uh, where Brett and I are going to compete against each other, we do have a Heisman Trophy ceremony coming up a week after uh, the three of us all got our ballots earlier today. I don't know. We don't have to comment on this too much. I was kind of hoping about three weeks ago that Drake May would able to get through the not take a loss with North Carolina, get through the ACC championship game because his numbers are unbelievable. So in a spreadsheet, Drake May looked fantastic. But uh, this is pretty much open shut case. Right, guys? Yeah, I. And by the way, the I yeah I, I went through my votes. We can't disclose them until the award has been announced. But uh, talk about a a very secure process to put your Heisman vote in. Um, <laughs> all kinds of websites and codes, and yeah, they, Deloitte runs it. It's all, it's uh it's a process. But yeah, I would imagine just from everything I'm reading and seeing that Stroud just kind of against Michigan kind of took himself out, and then he doesn't get another game here. Um, it's it looks like it's been Caleb Williams's award to lose. Yeah, I mean, I I and try to I mean, we should remember I mean, I've kind of learned this over the years. Everyone that wants to start early in the year about oh, this guy's Heisman campaign is over or this guy's won the Heisman, if it's literally before November 20th, forget about it because obviously Caleb Williams won the Heisman last week. Is that, you know, maybe he should have been more of on the radar, but that's just how it is. And um, yeah, I mean, if you, had, if you got Caleb Williams anytime, you know, before last week, you probably got a great number. And now I'm seeing just crazy minus a thousand or whatever, you know, online numbers, which are ridiculous, but that's basically what the Heisman has become the best player on the best team that's going to the playoff. And um, Caleb Williams has gotten to this point, you know, that he is clearly the guy. And um you know, I think Stroud probably makes it. I, I don't know. Who do you guys think? And like you said, we can't reveal our, our vote. And by the way, Stucky, you do have to give it a blood sample and they will scan your eye before you can finally click the button. Um, who would you guess would probably be the maybe the third or fourth guy in New York? Stroud. And I think Stroud will probably get there. And maybe it would have been Hooker, I think, but he got hurt. Um, so maybe like, you know, you get a your token running back there, maybe Corm gets there um, for Michigan. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling figuring out the third one. Who, who do you think, Tom? Well, I mean, I try to make a case for a lot of guys to actually get to New York. Like Max Duggan has 29 TDs and only yeah. three interceptions. Like the fact yeah. that 
Max Duggan's been able to limit all of his turnovers from a fumbling and a passing perspective. I think he's worthy of a trip. I also thought Hendon Hooker and Drake May were worthy of a trip, but Hendon's hurt and Drake May has really fallen off the last couple of weeks. So maybe, you know, maybe Max Duggan gets to make a trip up there. Uh, I mean, win it. I don't know. He'd have to put up, I don't know, 10 touchdowns and Caleb would have to get hurt in the first quarter. I'm not really sure <laughs> what that means, but uh, Brett, do you have anybody you think deserves a trip to New York? Not say win it, but deserves a trip to New York. No, you, Max, Max Duggan. I totally blanked on him. You're absolutely right. Yeah, he agree. should, he should be there. What is, when I vote for the Heisman, a large part of it is take that guy off that team, and what would that team be? And TCU would not be undefeated. You know, Stuck, I know you've been calling, have talked about how fortunate TCU's been, how many backup quarterbacks they've played. But you know what? They've won every week, and he's a big reason. And something we talked about the first BCS back in August or September, Bryce Young had no shot to win this thing because he won it last year. But think of where Alabama would be this year without Bryce Young. I mean, they would have lost four games, maybe three, four, maybe five. I don't know. But I think he's had a great year. I don't know if he'll get back there for a sentimental vote. But I agree with you, Colin, that that um, Max definitely, Mad Max from TCU definitely should be there. Um, probably with Stroud, Caleb Williams. And yeah, maybe uh, we get a running back there also. Yeah, well, I mean, just from a, a, a name brand recognition, like you could get people that are because again, it comes down to votes. You could get people voting for like Bijan Robinson, or but I would agree with the, with what TCU offense has done. Um, getting Doug in there, I think, uh, is more than warranted. I mean, I, I kind of do wish this was an MVP vote, right? Instead of a quarterback driven, stats driven, because Michigan is not in the Big Ten championship or in the playoff without J.J. McCarthy, but he only has 16 touchdowns to two interceptions. And Texas is not winning <laughs> uh, three-quarters of their game. I'm sorry, 70, 66% of their games this year, if it's not for Bijan Robinson. I mean, he's uh, he he's every reason on offense. I mean, he has cleaned up so much messes for Quinn Ewers. Uh, I don't know if he is going to uh, get any better over the offseason. The Texas quarterback competition, the offseason is going to be a, a fun watch. But uh, – you know, if this thing ever turns into an MVP, I'm not sure if a defensive player or a running back or a wide receiver, I, I suppose. I mean, we just had Devonta Smith, but it's so quarterback heavy. We kind of ignored all the options besides quarterback this year and, and kind of landed on Caleb in the last two weeks for everybody. Yeah, I agree. The, the only other name, again, just another quarterback name, though, but he lost steam midway through the season. But you got, you got to give a, a shout out to Michael Penix. Took my money this weekend, but... Uh, he closed the year really strong and obviously put up monster numbers, but, and he also had like a huge say in the Pac-12 title race, the comfortable playoff race, like one at Washington state, one at Oregon. So yeah, he put up monster numbers as well, but it looks like it's Caleb Williams award to lose. Uh, Colin, before we move on to the next segment, speaking of quarterbacks, I, I just, I'll run through a couple of quarterbacks to injuries to note for this weekend. Toledo, Daquan Finn has been dealing with an injury. His backup Tucker Gleason has like a steel plate in his hand. Um, looks like he like put it through a tractor. So there's quarter. And then obviously they say that, uh, Curtis Rourke, who was one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Talk about the potential, the, a sleeper Heisman for the Mac would be Rourke. The numbers he put up, what would Ohio be without him? Maybe they're playing a long con and Rourke ends up playing backup looked okay in his place to get here though. But, um, Purdue, Michigan, uh, Aiden O'Connell is not with the team right now, but he's dealing with uh, the death of his brother. Uh, tragic story there. It's heartbreaking, but 
that happened last week. He was really emotional when they clinched the West. I think he's just uh, traveling for funeral and other family stuff, but he's expected to play and practice this week as of now, just away with the team for the next day or two. Let's see. Coastal Carolina, Grayson McCall. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. Look, there's rumors about Chabot leaving. Maybe McCall will go with him. Maybe McCall goes to the draft. It was a three to six week injury. This is week four. They said we'll know on Wednesday. You'll know by that if the line moves in that game because it would it's obviously a major, major drop from McCall to the backups, as you saw against JMU on Saturday. LSU, Jaden Daniels got hurt late inexplicably in a two-point conversion. I think uh, he's in a boot. They say he's going to be ready to go, but if he's not mobile, don't really know how that's going to go. Um, and then UCF, it's worth just keeping an eye on. Like, I, I imagine they're probably just going to rotate both again. But if I was them, I would go with Plumlee the whole game after what he did to Tulane in the first game, which is uh, an area of weakness for them defending the run. But Kyle, do you have, do you have any thoughts on Daniels and like what, what you know, I, it sounds like he's going to play. He's got a boot. It's not a high ankle sprain. But if he can't really move around, uh, you know, and his mobility is limited, that's not, that's not a great sign ahead of the game against Georgia. Yeah, it's interesting what you do with him. Like, it, if he physically can't go, you're going to get Garrett Nussmeyer, who's got a cannon of an arm, but he's got a little Brett Favre in him. He'll throw from any angle across his body. Uh, he'll he'll do anything he can. But uh, Jaden Daniels' injury was uh, a pretty rough, and he was in a yeah he was in a boot yesterday. So we'll see how that progresses. But at a minimum, this should limit his zone read game, which yeah. is crucial against that Georgia front seven. Absolutely crucial because if they show in the first series, if Jaden Daniels shows that he can't absolutely, you know, pull it in and take off left or right, it, the game's over. The game's completely yeah. over. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I, I suspect that Georgia is going to put the heat on him right away to see if he can get out of that pocket. But uh, I think that's one of the reasons you're seeing a little bit of over money. I think you're seeing some uh, you're seeing some uh, Georgia money just continue to pile in. I, I would I would think that it stops at about 20 and a half, 20. Uh, before you get some buyback on LSU. But as far as that total goes, you know, if Jaden Daniels can't run the zone read, this becomes an absolute passing game and a few extra possessions, especially if Nussmeyer's in there. Yeah, he might, I think he just might not go. It might just be smoke screened for Georgia to have to prepare for both quarterbacks. Um, but yeah, it's hard to imagine that'll be a whole go and be 100% healthy. And if he doesn't have his legs, not only for the zone read game, just like buying time. Um, like it's it'll completely hamper the LSU offense, but yeah, those are some of the injuries worth watching this week. Hey, I have a yeah. I have a quick qu- uh, question for you guys. Um, so with the opt outs even bigger now than they've been in past years, you know, several quarterbacks that personally, this is I'm not reporting this; it's just my opinion. I'm going to list you five quarterbacks. I don't know if any of these five will play in the bowl games. Tell me what you think. Uh, DTR for UCLA, Spencer Sanders, Oklahoma State, KJ Jefferson, Colin Toggs, Will Levis at Kentucky, and CJ Stroud at Ohio State. So Brett asked when these when these but real quick when these bowls come out and these teams are in these bowls, do you automatically go against them on the opening number, yeah. thinking that they're not going to have their quarterback in the bowl game? Yeah, you do, because it's not if they're actually going to play or not. It's what the public perception and the betting public is going to do. And those people that get in early, it doesn't matter if it's Spencer Sanders or K.J. Jefferson, which I laughed at that because you have Arkansas and Oklahoma State, the Texas Bowl. That would be a, a dud of a bowl without those guys. Um, 
we know that the number on open is going to move. And that's a big part of this buy, sell, hold piece that I'm putting out there. I'm essentially dictating like who the, who the public and the market is going to sell and who they're going to buy and quarterbacks not being there, interim coaches being there and quarterbacks not being there gets sold down the market all the time. And it's really interesting you brought up KJ Jefferson because Arkansas has got all kinds of issues going on. I think some of the problems that I try to put my finger on it with Stucky on all the podcasts this year, and now things are starting to come out. The video got released of Miles Slusher uh, and and Brown uh, of what the police, the Fable Police did. Like it was asinine. It was ridiculous how that whole thing played out. And there is a sense and a feeling in the Razorback locker room right now that the coaches did not have their back. And that's really interesting because one of the players this year had an arrest warrant out for him. Uh, so there's a lot going on with the Razorbacks. And I just wouldn't be surprised if KJ said, that's it. And Malik Hornsby entering the portal today. Uh, I don't know what bowl we're going to end up in, but it could be, uh, it could be severely bad, but stuff. Do you agree with me? Like if quarterbacks, if brand name quarterbacks for their programs are out, that's a seller in the market when the early bowl lines come out. Oh yeah, for sure. Big, mm-hmm. big, big signal. Because do you guys think do you guys think any of those five play? I feel that Spencer Sanders, and here's why, and I'll spoiler alert, Washington is going to be a buy team. And the reason Washington is a buy team, because Michael Penix came out and said, oh yeah, I'm absolutely playing in the bowl because I've never played in the bowl. And when you get that kind of leadership from a quarterback, the rest of the team usually follows. I feel as if Spencer Sanders, who was inserting himself and taking himself out due to injury, I feel that he would play for Oklahoma State. KJ, on the other hand, I, I could see opting out. Traylon Burks did last year. KJ supported it. I, I could see KJ going down the same path of, of opting out of the bowl game. I would agree. Who are who are the who are the other ones, Brett? I'm sorry. Levis, uh, DTR at UCLA. Uh, Levis, I don't see. I don't see Levis playing. Um, yeah. I mean, he's 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 still project. He only could, he only could hurt his stock even more. I don't know how much more, but they still say he's a first round draft pick. <laughs> What, what do you it's Kentucky's going to some meaningless bowl um yeah, they beat CJ Stroud not not in the playoff I don't think CJ yeah any any no I, I doubt he would play same with Bryce Young um, I, he was upset CJ Stroud was upset with Ryan yeah, I, I, stuck, was up- I forgot about Bryce Young that's a great um yeah he's probably out DTR I could see I could see playing but I, yeah, I could see but DTR play. Depends on him, him and Chip know. came in. Him and Chip came in at the same time. He has such a huge dedication to Chip, though. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, that's one reason I could see the DTR would be playing. But back to CJ Stroud, like he had to bite his lip. He was not happy with some of the play calling. I don't think the Ohio State fans are happy with the play calling and the number of punts you're doing in Michigan territory. I mean, <laughs> CJ, I mean, I don't say suspect Jackson Smith and Jigba. I'm sure he's going to go into the, you know, Sure, he's going to be done. There is a yep. huge list of Ohio State players that could opt out. Um, you know, their offensive yeah, line, Dewan Jones, Paris Johnson Jr. on the offensive line. Uh, does CJ Stroud want to play in a bowl where two of his offensive linemen have declared for the NFL draft? Probably not. Yeah, Alabama, same way. Clemson defensive line, the same way, right? Yep. <laughs> Miles Murphy, Brian Barisi, I expect them to opt out too. You come, yeah. Why? Do you want to go play in a New Year's Six Bowl? I mean, that doesn't compare to what you've done in your career. Yeah. Okay, with that, we're going to move on to, no, it's not the Source's Stumper. It's the Stucky Stumper. It may sound easy, but it will test your head and your mind and your brain, too. There I go. I don't claim to be no 36 ACT now. So Brett didn't even give me a chance to make up my loss to Stucky. 
He's already awarded Stucky. Uh, so what we're going to do here is Stucky's got some trivia for us. And now Brett and I are going to go head to head, which is a precursor to all the golfing we're going to do at uh, the Fiesta and the Rose Bowl when I will uh, I will uh, have a plaque made for me when I, when I bury Brett on the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. We'll put so, that on your tombstone. <laughs> there are five uh, answers to this trivia question. So the first one to get the three, we will declare the winner, and eventually I'll give uh, hints as needed. All right. In 1995, Nebraska became the last team to finish a second straight perfect season in FBS. They were the last team to do it, two years back to back. Since then, there have been five teams that have came oh so close, but they lost their final game in the second season trying to accomplish that task. Three of them were in the national championship. Two of them were not, for what it's worth. Name those five teams. The first ten is they – I said 1995 was the last time. These are all since 2000. Colin, you start. Clemson. Clemson is correct. 2019 they lost in the national championship seeking their back-to-back perfect seasons Brett, that's not a good start that wasn't even on my list uh florida (laughs) florida is incorrect miami miami is correct 2002 they lost the national championship Thank you to the Maurice Claret special on ESPN. Yes. <laughs> uh, going for their second straight title. Colin has two. Brett has none. There's three left. Only one of the three lost that game in a national championship. The other two were not in national championships. Brett? Nebraska? Nebraska is incorrect. They were the last team to do it in 1995. Um, but that is not correct. Colin? I feel as if... Florida's back-to-back the first year they beat Ohio State, and that might be it. It's Ohio State. That is incorrect. Still on 2 nothing. Uh, another Brett, clue for you. So I told you, as, as I mentioned, only one of the teams left lost their at their second chance at a national title. One of the teams also left is not a Power 5 team. USC? USC is correct. 2005, they lost in the national title to Texas in that thriller going for their second straight undefeated year. All right, so Colin, we have two left. One of them's group of five, one of them's power five. Both of these teams, when they lost, neither was in the national title. Yeah, Uh, I had a monster, monster, monster wager on LSU beating Central Florida. That is correct. Central Florida, (laughs) 2018. Lost to LSU. What was that spread? Uh, I thought it was seven and a half. Coach O yeah, went into that. Around. Yeah. Yeah. And Duriel Mack, I remember, was the running back for UCA. It was, that was a great game. Uh, all right, Brett, see if you can make it respectable. There's one other team left. They didn't lose in a national title, but they had their perfect season, their second straight perfect season ruined in their last game of the year. It is a power five team. Florida State. That is correct. Well done. All right, Colin wins 3-2. You get your, see, so you you, you get a win this year. What do I get and, from your house? Yeah, I'll send you something. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to look around and I'll send you uh, a good college football-related gift. Uh, but yeah, Florida State, who did they lose to? Oregon? Oregon, that, that was Jameis. Jameis uh, had the famous falling backwards play in the Rose Bowl. 
Yes. Yeah. Ball so flew over lost. his head. Yeah. That would have been because 2014. Yeah, they lost to the yeah they lost to Oregon. What like six like sixty something? The they got blown out, I believe. Fifty nine to twenty, they lost. Holy moly! Um, all right, good stuff, Colin. You win the Stucky Stumper. I will find a a prize to send you. I believe we have uh, one one final order of business. Is that it? Yeah, we do. It's going to be uh, one for the road, and we have won twice as many as we have lost this year on taking these early bets in the week. So to close out. The new BCS for the year of 2022. I will go ahead and start. I'm going to do uh, the ACC championship over 63 and a half. I was talking I'll cover this in depth on the podcast on Thursday. Absolutely no way either of these secondaries are stop, stopping these passing attacks. Should find a heavily motivated Clemson team, I would think, uh, before everybody departs after this game. Um, so uh, I'll go over. 63 and a half. I, I'm not sure where it's going to stop. Uh, I'm going to go over North Texas UTSA. Again, yeah, we'll talk about all the conference final games uh, on our podcast later this week. This this game was – UTSA defense, by the way, is terrible. And they played four straight backup quarterbacks. They would be a lot worse if they didn't play like Liddy, uh, the Rice backup. Their defense, I mean, they gave up 300 yards passing to Army, which hasn't been done since 2008 when they weren't even running the option. Um, this is, uh, this defense is really bad. North Texas defense also isn't great. UTSA should be able to score. When they played earlier this year, the game did go under, but the total was 73. There were, It was somehow 6-3 at the half. I don't know how, there was a bunch of like sacks that ruined drives and turnovers. And then there was 40 49 points scored in the second half nine in the first half 49 in the second half there was no trouble moving the ball um i i, I think this total is too low indoor track no concern for weather um i don't see why either team can't march up and down the field similar to the second half that we saw between them so yeah give me the over in uh the conference usa final which uh it's always an entertaining watch, Brett. Yeah, similar theme as you guys. Uh, the SEC, known as the greatest defensive conference on the planet most years, uh, but the SEC title games have gone over, and I'm going to stick with that trend. Going over, it's only 51, Georgia and LSU. And, yeah, Georgia's been an under team, at least the first half of the season. Six of their first seven were under, but we get to the end of the season, you see them scoring a lot more what they obviously Georgia Tech. Um, and then you've got an LSU team that when they've got into some of these shootouts, Florida, Ole Miss, they gave up 40 to Tennessee. They gave up 38 to Texas A&M. Jesus. Um, and then as far as the SEC title game, three of the last four have gone over 63. You've had two that hit 70 in the past eight years. That's just that atmosphere, if you guys have never been, is incredible. Um, it is nonstop chaos from the opening kick and nobody's going to sit on it they're going to run it up if they can and so we got a low total there i'll i'll go over 51 georgia lsu yeah the only thing i'd worry about there is just the health of uh daniel's a quarterback but you bring up a good point also with the mac too you have these conference championship games that you know they're in indoors no weather fast track um so 
at times, you know, the you can find totals that are a little bit deflated. You know, in the Mac, you see it a lot, like especially like the weather. You play like in weather games outdoors in like high school stadiums, and all of a sudden you go to Ford Field, and there's there's going to be no wind, there's no weather, and then it's a, it's a really fast track for SEC athletes. We come, we talk about that every year, um, and you know the college football playoff is the same way. But uh, yeah, I don't hate it. You just have to. I just if Daniels has to just be a little mobile, or you got to get Nussmeier in there firing, who might throw some touchdowns and throw some pick sixes, which are both going to help the total. Yeah, absolutely. Hey guys, since I didn't I didn't have a question this week, I want to make up for that. Stucky, I got one question for you, and then Colin, you have to answer his question. Next Saturday is Army Navy. Stucky, what's the total projected to be? And Colin, are you taking it over? Uh well, my answer is easy. I projected a 33 every single year. Um, I don't it doesn't matter what happens. Um there Guess what? The line, I think the line is 33 and a half. Um, let's see. Is there a total out here? Uh, 33 and a half. They're getting <laughs> closer. They're getting warmer. Colin's going to go over that. I, I mean, I'm going to have, I mean, full transparency here. I'm staring at all my projections, which boy, do our listeners love those for the rest of the year. I've got the game at, I don't know how this is. I've got the game as a pick and I've got the total at 22. <laughs> so and like i've said before it's just a mathematical equation on pace success rate and what you do when you have scoring opportunities and that came to 22 usually that number is spot on it's 22 i don't know if i can go over with that projection well, I, I don't I, I said that all year i was gonna go over i don't know if i can when the spreadsheet my master spreadsheet of formulas tells me 22 I'm not sure in good faith i can go over in this game Wow, it's under under nothing. I t- I said I'll play over once it gets to twenty seven and a half. Then I then I'd play over. Um, yeah, but we'll uh, we'll see what Colin does. He might just get tempted. You know what right I want to play right before kick. You know what I want to play? I want to play props. Overtime. I want to play props on the fullback rushing yards over. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I want to play. <laughs> Love it. Fullback dive. All right, that's gonna do it for us. The new BCS. Thank you to Stucky. Thank you to Brett. That's going to wrap for us this season. Stucky and I will be back on Thursday. We'll catch you uh, everything uh, this weekend. I'm sure we'll cut another one for the Bulls. We have tons of live shows coming up. You can catch the three of us on the BBOC live show for conference championships on Saturday, 1030 Eastern. Until then, we'll catch you then. Cheers. Cheers.